You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? We're coming here again, damn What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot coming for y'all today. We got some NFL topics, NBA, uh, Summer League. You know, we could talk about some of that. We got entertainment and current events for y'all. Yes, sir. And this, this is your first time listening to the Q&E Podcast. We do have four segments. We have our sports segment. Social media wants to know uh, entertainment and current events and past the ox. So definitely stick with us throughout this whole episode and definitely subscribe to all of our podcast platforms we're on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and iHeartRadio, and just uh, definitely subscribe to the q and e podcast youtube as well and definitely appreciate all of the support but the first thing we are going to dive into is obviously the big name on the market in the nba which is kevin durant and talk about the latest news that is coming with him so we're hearing the same type of things, not a lot of movement, but Kevin Durant is really freezing the market right now. No moves have been made, feels like, in the past two weeks since he has requested this trade. So all eyes are on him, even though we're hearing about Donovan Mitchell news. Kevin Durant is still the whale that everybody wants to know where he ends up going. And we're hearing that the he are in an all-out pursuit to get him. I'm hearing that the Raptors are still in, in play. I'm hearing that the, the Suns are still in play. But the Nets are not getting the offers that they want, which is a steep asking price. You know what I'm saying? Uh, assumedly, because obviously Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the NBA, but they're not getting the asking price that they really want for him. So where, what do you think this, how do you think this situation will really turn out for Kevin Durant and what the, the trade pieces will really be? I don't think the market for Kevin Durant is small because it's Kevin Durant. Every team would love to have Kevin Durant on their squad right now. But once again, the the Rudy Gobert trade just messed the market completely up because you get nine players for Rudy Gobert. Like people are looking at the Nets like y'all can't get anything less than that for KD. Like if Rudy Gobert is going for nine players, like, there's there's no there's no but they were four there were four players and five picks and those players weren't really that crazy though so you got like you talked about it a couple of weeks ago where the value the value of players could mean more in a type of deal like this where you don't get as many picks as you probably want but the value of player will be better than what the Jazz ended up getting in a Rudy Gobert trade because Malik Beasley, Pat Beverly, you know what I'm saying? They're all good role players, but not the type of all-stars that the type that the Nets are looking for. But nobody's going to make that trade, bro. Like, if you're the Miami Heat, you're not giving up two or three of your star players to get Kevin Durant oh, to play no. with role players. Like, you're, you're not oh, doing that. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I say the market isn't small, but the teams that could make a push to get KD, they'll have to give up basically anybody else on the team that gives them a chance to make it to the finals if they get KD on the squad. You don't want to get KD on your team and now you're in the same position, but you just have KD now. Like, if you are already struggling to get to the finals or get to the conference finals, you don't want to trade two or three pieces of what almost got you there to get Kevin Durant to now be even in a worse position. Because we know KD, he's just not that player 
to just will a team all the way to the finals. Like he he's just not that guy. And I, I think it's a situation where he he doesn't want to be the guy to will a team, but he also doesn't want to be the only he doesn't want to be the main focus guy either. And if you're Kevin Durant, you can't have it both ways. Like if you want to be the main guy on a team, you got to understand what comes with that. And I'm not suggesting he goes to a team and just be by himself. But bro, if, if you're gonna get on a team that wherever has Kevin Durant goes, he will still be the main guy. He, he will still he be will, the guy that you look at. He will still he, be the main. He will, guy. but he he doesn't want to be that. And it's like you gotta have he that does. dog in you, bro. But you you, you, you not that that, you. you're not getting that winning situation like you thought you were going to get with the Nets. I think he still wants to be number one. If he goes to the Suns, he's the number one. The Raptors, he's the number one. He he is the number one, and he's still going to be the best player on that team. So I think he's still going to be the best player. I don't think he wants the type of maybe pressure that comes with it, but I think he will still you don't be, be the that number guy. one. You don't want to be that guy if you ain't, if you don't want the pressure. Like that's like saying I want food, but I don't want to pay for it. It's like you you can't want something and yeah. not want what comes with that. And, and that's but that, we've I'm been saying, saying this but, the whole time that the the the, the pressure be- between him and LeBron is so different. I don't think everybody is built for it. And I think some people just need more help than others. And I think somebody like a KD is searching for that right now, especially when we get the next explosion where they everything just goes to hell. He's looking for something that's going to be secure for the next three or four years. And I, I can't be on the business side of it. I can't be mad at the Nets. If oh, they no. end up just telling KD, you staying here. You're just playing here because he has well, what, three, four nigga, years. Nigga, I ain't playing. <laughs> Bro, he, he has, you going to not play for three to four years? I ain't playing. Fuck no, nigga. I don't request oh, no. a trade, nigga. I'm oh, not playing no. this shit. Hell no. No, bro. K, I'm, I'm looking at KD crazy if he sit out. If the next no. Kevin Durant, I don't request this you, trade, no, bro, nigga. You been you working with that. my agent, nigga. I am not going back, nigga. No, I am bro. not going you back. Not no, I am you not going back to the next. You got three to four years to left do what? on the contract, and you're Who not going to play. To do what? You're wasting your prime. You're wasting your prime. What, bro? They're not winning. They're not winning. Play, play anyway. Play what? Play for what? You got all this guaranteed money with your contract. I don't request the trade already, bro. It's already in the works. Okay, you can request all you want. That don't mean the team. Brooklyn, bro. You can request all you want. That don't mean the team just gotta let you not play. This is why, bro. This is exactly why Adam Silver came out and said what he said. We can't let players get fully guaranteed contracts and then just ghost the team and then just leave them on the back burner. It's like players can't have it both ways, bro. Fault is that that KD is leaving? Is it KD's fault that you don't know how to manage your players and you got a bullshit ass coach in there? No, that's the organization fault. KD trying to go somewhere where with some stability where he can be the number one. It ain't his fault where James Harden wanted out. It's not his fault that Kyrie had to sit out because of a mandate. That ain't KD. KD just trying to go to a better situation right now. KD finna get looked at real crazy. KD ain't finna get looked at. So you telling me if KD don't play, if he stays, you telling me if KD stays and he doesn't play, he'll get looked at crazy when he requested a trade three months ago. When he requested a trade three months ago, yes, no, niggas, niggas will be asking for KD to get the fuck out of there. Nah, bro. And the Nets don't want that anyway. The Nets don't want that. The Nets if don't the Nets that. keep you, you have no choice but to play. Fuck no. Like, have no, have no choice. choice. Have no choice. You got no choice, Nigga, bro. Kevin Durant is a $500 million man. Fuck that If you want to win, if you want to win, KD has repeatedly said, I just want to hoop, bro. I just want to hoop. Yes, you want to be in the best situation, but if you can't get in the best situation, 
not hooping is not helping you at all. KD ain't. We can't what? sit here and act like KD got 10 more years left to just dominate the league. He does Exactly. So why am I wasting my legs on a bullshit-ass team when I could be resting waiting for my ass to get traded? And that's why I said that shit ain't even going to nah, play bro. out like that because the Nets don't want that type of backlash anyway. KD asked it for a trade. KD is respected in this league. Ain't no way you're going to have somebody, a legend, in this game not get traded by this fucking year, bro. Unless he wants to stay. Unless KD say, I want to stay in Brooklyn, it's no way he does not get traded by the start of the season. It's we got to no think way. about the business aspect of it too, bro. This can't it don't matter. You're going to have to make it work if you Brooklyn, bro. You this make can't it become work. a league where the players just run absolutely every decision. They That's already not going to happen, bro. It's no, no, it's not, it's not going to happen. You can't do that. And this is, ex- again, this is exactly why Adam Silver came out and said what he said. This has to be a two-way street. Adam Silver said himself, like, I will, I will quote this man right now. It has to be a two-way street. Teams provide enormous security and guarantees to players, and the expectation in return is that they'll meet their end of Adam the bargain. Silver, that's He's bullshit. trying to be realistic. Adam Silver, He's that's trying to bullshit. be realistic about it, bro. We can't guarantee players $250 million contracts but just letting them walk whenever they want to walk. It's like, no, you got to meet your bro, end no. of the deal. This is, this is the thing. This is why I say what Adam bro. Silver is bullshit, bro. Because you done enabled the player movement era. You can't enable something to happen and then be mad when the shit, you end up, yeah, having to backtrack on shit now. Like, no, you're the person who enabled this shit to start in the beginning. You should have nipped this shit in the bud when you seeing it starting to bubble up and you seeing how players were starting to move. This was uh, this bubbled up from LeBron, then Paul George did it with some years left on his contract, and now we're getting to Kevin Durant again. It's been getting worse and worse for years, but you've been letting it happen, Adam Silver. That's not you can't say, oh, we don't like how it's moving now. It's already been moving this in this direction my, for years. My problem is doing it when you have over two years left on your contract, bro. If you got three to four years contract matter. that you got to sit, like, nah, that does matter. Kevin like, Durant does not have trade, time to waste, bro. Requesting a trade where you have one, maybe two at the most years left, I ain't got no problem with that. It's like you damn near at the end of your contract. But when you just sign an extension for three to four years and you talk about just nope. sitting out, like, nah, bro, nope. you can't do that, bro. Nope. Nah, KD, the, sit your you, ass you out if you're not traded, crazy, bro. bro. Ain't no, no way he bro. finna play for a whack-ass team and he ain't winning shit. He 34 with injury issues, might I add. Why would I risk my body on a team that ain't winning shit when I should nah, be bro. traded by now? Fuck no. I'm sitting out, my nigga. Well, you don't I don't care what y'all getting in a trade. Y'all better make KD, something shake. If KD y'all better make something hoop, shake. Like he say, he'll play regardless. It he'll ain't even about hooping at that point. It's about the principle. Get me out of here. Nah, get me out of here. I, I, to, I totally disagree. If I got three to four contract and I don't get the move that I want, I got to suck it up and play at least one of those two years that they're keeping me Man, for. Fuck like, it, you, you got to, bro. If you are, if you you a regular-ass nah, nigga, yeah, yeah, you can say that. If you a regular-ass nigga, if you a role player and you trying to get traded with four years on your contract, I understand what you're saying. But if you Kevin fucking Durant, if you LeBron fucking James, if I ask out, bro, I'm getting what I want. I'm I'm the fucking best player in this LeBron, league. I'm one of the LeBron best players in this league. LeBron's situation is totally different. LeBron finishes every single It ain't no different, bro. If LeBron asks out bro. for a trade right now, LeBron is getting traded. LeBron ain't period, never bro. asked out, and he ain't asking out now. It don't matter what LeBron court. has done, it, bro. It's the matter. The precedent does. is what it is now. The precedent is what it is now, never, bro. LeBron has never requested a trade, bro. He's never asked to get out. He waits That's till not his contract is up, and he leaves. He started this shit to start in the first place. 
that's, he that's started this bro. shit in the first place. That's a whole and that's why I'm looking at Adam Silver crazy. You can't start the player movement era and then say, no, nah, I don't like how everything moving. Like, you should have nipped this shit in the bud earlier, bro. Fuck no. If I'm one of the best players in the league and I ask for a trade, I'm getting out. Especially if I'm late in my career, like uh, like uh, Kevin Durant is. Same thing with AD. AD had years on his contract. He got traded because he wanted to get traded and he's one of the best players in the league. And uh, New Orleans made that shit shake. Got that nigga up out of there. If you're one of the best players in the league, I'm getting what the fuck I want, bro. Period. If you're a role player, yeah, play your contract. But if I'm one of the best players, I think I'm getting the fuck I want, nigga. Period. It got to be some type of power balance, too, bro. It got to be some type of power balance. But this is what I'm saying. Y'all made the NBA made it this way, bro. Adam Silver, you made it this way. This is what makes the NBA so exciting. Because we love the player movement as fans. So it's like, oh, y'all, y'all loved it for years. But now it's starting to happen so, so much where you're like, okay, now too many people are leaving. But you done enabled it so much where you can't. You can't reel it back now. We're too far deep. We're too far deep. Oh, my, my problem is too Bill. many people doing it. I just think it's the fact that people leaving after signing for X amount of years and they're like, oh, okay, I got my guaranteed money. I bet. I'm going to just leave whenever I want to leave. That's it's the like, smart thing to do. On, bro. It, it is, but that, that's, me- that's messing up the game at the same time, though, bro. Like that, That's messing up the game at the same time. And, and that and that, the game. Shit. <laughs> that that's a that's a good point of the whole loyalty concept. Now, don't get me wrong. Come on, I, bro. I you like, can't throw you can't throw I don't like loyalty bullshit when we were talking about like Bill and Lillard for years. No, but that's bro. what I'm saying. I don't like what the hell Bradley Bill is doing because it's like, don't talk about you trying to win and you keep signing that contract for the team that ain't never won shit, ain't finna win. But he shit. loyal though. What you mean? That's what you want. Apparently, that's what you want. That's that's what you can want if you're that particular fan base. But if you have an expectation to try to be one of the most memorable players of your era and you're really trying to capitalize on that by winning, staying with a losing franchise over and over, and every time you get the opportunity to walk as a free agent, you don't walk, I don't feel sorry for you. That's dumb. But, how, but what is Bradley Bill going to do in a couple of years? What is Bradley Bill going to do? Because you just said he signed a new contract. He gonna do the same shit KD is doing. He gonna I'm gonna sign thing. that contract and he gonna ask for a trade. Exactly, cause that's the smart game to do. That's how the game is played, bro. I can't be mad at these niggas for playing the game smart, bro. Because the NBA has enabled the shit. Know. They have enabled they, the shit, bro. That's just how the game is played. They're taking advantage, but and I I get it, cause I'm more pro player than I am pro team or league or whatever. But at the same time, we have to understand the business on both sides. We can't look at it like players just need to finesse the fuck out of these teams, but not look at the teams and say, hey, y'all, y'all got to get a handle on how these players are just signing for money and just leaving y'all whenever they want. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, and that's my but it's problem. It's not bro. like everybody like was, is doing that, though. It, it's not, but the, the biggest names and the names of people who shouldn't do it the way that they're doing it, I think that's my issue. It's just the way that it's happening. Like, like I said, if you if you got one or two more years left on your deal, leave. Who cares? Kyrie. Kyrie only signed an extension for what? One or two years? Oh, okay. What is that? Okay, trade him. He want to go? Trade him. But four years, bro? Like, no, bro. We You you can't let that slide. If, if you're the organization, you can't let that slide. Like I said, I think it has something to do with status in the league, bro, more so 
and also not wasting your time, bro. One big criticism I have of Bradley Bill, and I'm not mad at him for taking his money because, hey, I, like I said, I think he's going to sign his contract and get traded, but I just feel like Bradley Bill has been wasting his time on losing organizations. But he's loyal, so that's the excuse that we're going to give him. But players like Kevin Durant or players like Kyrie who are looking for different situations, I can't blame them because they're in their late 30s or their mid to early 30s, and they're looking for somebody to help them win a championship now, bro. Why am I going to waste my time with the Nets and I know that shit is a clusterfuck? I'm going to go somewhere else where I know it's better. Like I said, everybody can't do what Kevin Durant is doing. Point blank, period. They can't. But Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant so he can do it. And that's why I'm not mad at him because it's not like the whole league is just saying, oh, we're going to sign a contract and get traded. One nigga is doing that, and it is Kevin Durant, one of the best players. That is it. And niggas is causing an uproar for what? One nigga is doing it? That's what I'm saying. If it was more people doing it, bro, I would get your point, bro. But one person who was Kevin Durant doing it, I can't raise an eyebrow with that, really. All I'm saying is this one person could lead to, let's say it's one of the young stars, like two, three years, Kay Cunningham pulls something similar. If he, if he sees what you call it, um, if he sees that Detroit isn't doing what they need to do to build around him or whatever, and he talk, he's talking about he's trying to be loyal to the fan base or whatever, he signs an extension for five years or whatever, and then he requests a trade after just signing that five years. It's like, damn, bro, like why you ain't just walk? Like, why you ain't just walk and go on a team that you Because I want the money. Why you y'all just want the money? You're, but if you're a star or a potential star, you're going to get that money wherever you go. But you're not, you you not going to get as much, though, bro. You're not going to get as much. You're not going to get as much. Bro, winning translates to money, bro. Like, winning, and that's why. No, it does not. I hate that bullshit, bro. No, it does not, bro. No, it does not. I will continue to pose the question. Why does winning not, two questions, why does winning not matter as much anymore? And when is winning going to get the same amount of respect as getting the money? It, it's like, bro, if you win chips, not if you same, consistently bro. get to championship games, you're going to get the endorsements. The you're going to get the sponsorships. You're going to get the outside of the league money that you want. Period. The, the more you win, the players more on that team will get that type of money. Everybody else got to make that shit work because we can't act like this is an unlimited salary cap and everybody going to get broke off on these championship teams. That's not how it works. They pay the top three. How we looking at the Warriors? They finna pay the top three, four players. Everybody else got to fend for themselves. We seeing Gary Payton Jr. leave. We're going to see some other people leave for the Warriors. That's how it is on championship teams. Everybody can't get paid, bro. Everybody can't get paid. That's just how the game is played. So if you can sign somewhere and then request a trade to where you want to go, that's the smart thing. So that's why I said I can't be mad at players for doing that when that's the smart play. It is different, like you said, for role players. But when I think it comes to star players, bro, you're going to get that money no matter where you go, bro. It really it doesn't matter. When you're a star player like a KD, like a Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, whoever, if your name is big enough to where people can know you as a top 10 to 15 star in the league, you're going to make cheese wherever you go. Whether you got a trash record or whether you win in the chip, as long as you're translating some type of wins, like or tra- tra- um, tracking some type of um revenue to your team, they're gonna cut you off. Like not cut you off, but they're gonna cut you a piece of that. So I I don't know, bro. I, I think there's a way where the balance where the balance can be um even. 
And we can flip this to the other side of the equation because look at this. You was talking all this good shit about how, oh, the players want to leave after signing the contract. Whoop, whoop, whoop. But Donovan Mitchell, who just signed his five-year contract two years ago, he wants to stay in Utah. But what did the Utah organization say? No, nah, we ready to trade this nigga. We ready to rebuild. But you ain't saying shit about Utah. You saying shit because about the niggas through the players about who want to leave. You saying the shit rebuilding. about the players who want to leave. But D-Mitch don't want to leave. D-Mitch don't want to leave, though. D-Mitch don't, don't want to leave. leave. If he don't want to leave, he don't want to leave. D-Mitch don't want But you were just complaining about Kevin Durant wanting to leave with his contract got four years. But you see the organization yeah. is about to trade D-Mitch with three years left on his contract. So how is that different? That's stupid. That's stupid on their part. Man. I ain't gonna say they. I ain't gonna say they wrong because you can't nah, play both sides. Donovan Mitchell bro. is getting Donovan Mitchell is getting his money and he wants to stay. It's stupid as hell for the Jazz to let him sign whatever they. But you just you were just the one who was talking him. about balance. This is how you can restore balance if they kept their best player. But this, I agree. obviously, they want to move open with the player movement era, bro. I agree. So, that was stupid. It's stupid as hell for the the. The Jazz don't want to do that. So you can't say you you can't say that you're pro organization. Then we got situations like this happening where they're getting traded when he wants to stay with three years left on his contract, bro. Because now it looks bad for pro organization because you don't want your homegrown talent to stay. You're cool with them leaving. Most most of the time, I'm pro player. I'm just saying for this situation, I understand the organizations a lot more. That's all I'm saying. I'm pro player like ninety percent of the time. But the moments I have to have an understanding of the business aspect of it, I will. And I'll, this is my moment. Like, I really understand the business and the team side of it just as much as the player side. I don't think most I don't think most people are understanding that. I think we're just looking at it as players are being mistreated with their contracts every single moment. And I don't think that's always the case. Like this Donovan Mitchell situation. This is a situation where he's being mistreated because it's like he wants to stay and he just showed y'all by signing this contract with y'all. So it's stupid as hell of the Jazz to want to get rid of him, even if they are rebuilding. But with KD, it's like, bro, the Nets don't really even want to trade you like that, but you're trying to force a trade and they're trying to do whatever they can to keep the team some type of in a mix. So it's it's a different situation on both sides and I understand both sides. But that's what I'm saying, bro. You're trying to play both sides because what you're saying is Kevin Durant is wrong, but what the Jazz are doing is uh, is okay. But even though Donovan Mitchell wants to stay. My no, point is, he just signed a contract and wanted okay. to stay. Now they're trading him. Or they're trying to trade him. Like, well, damn, you just said Donovan if you Mitchell sign a contract, wrong. you got to stay here until your second year. And Donovan Mitchell is not trying to do that. So is the organization not abiding by this contract by trying to trade him? The only way I think KD is wrong in his situation is if he has to stay and he sits. I'm not blaming KD for wanting to leave. If KD want to leave, he want to leave. But I understand the league saying you can't really do that if you just if you just sign this extension. That's all I'm saying. Like there has to be some type of rules and regulations whether we like them or not. That's that's my only point. I don't think I ain't mad at KD. If, K, if KD want to is- leave. If KD want to oh, leave, yeah. he want to leave because he's been go. the only person on that team that's been loyal and who has been really trying to produce wins and get them a chip this whole time. I can't blame KD for wanting to leave. What I will blame him for is if he has to be a grown man and just suck it up and stay with the Nets and don't play. That's when I'm going to look at KD like, come on, bro, you're doing too much. Like that. That's really why I'll be upset. 
We can agree to disagree on that one. But I'm hearing a lot of news on Donovan Mitchell, bro, to the New York Knicks. So the New York Knicks are finally in the race for another star. Usually we hear this story all the time with the Knicks being in the race for a star and they usually fall flat on their face. But I'm hearing that this Donovan Mitchell news could be the realest chance at a superstar for the Knicks that they've had in a very, very long time. They have a lot of first round draft picks. They have a lot of young players that the, the Jazz could be interested in. They could possibly be trying to trade R.J. Barrett for somebody like a Donovan Mitchell. Maybe trade some young players like Quentin Grimes or Obi Toppin. So they have some young players that aren't truly fully developed yet that the Jazz could want. But they really have a lot of draft picks. I think they have up to eight draft picks that they can trade to the Jazz in a trade, which is crazy and probably way more than they're going to get in any other trade. So do you think that Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks is inevitable? I think I wouldn't say inevitable. It's a strong chance, though. And if you're the Knicks right now, I can't blame the Knicks for trying to trade a bunch of draft picks because the Knicks goal is to win as soon as possible. I think they've been playing on the whole draft correctly thing. They've been playing on that for the past few years. And it's like, all right. Y'all hitting with some of these draft picks, but then y'all still ain't producing the wins or getting where y'all want to be. So I think trading picks to just sacrifice y'all future that nobody even gives a damn about right now to try and win now within the next few years, I ain't mad at it. So if you want to throw away eight draft picks for the future, do that to, to try and get a D-Mitch. I can't be mad at that because D-Mitch is a player that can take your team to that next level, especially if you're able to keep some of your um, future star players on top of that. And, and everybody on the Knicks, for the most part, is young. So I, I can't blame the Knicks for trying to throw away that many draft picks because you want to keep playing the same game you've been playing and just try to do it with all young people? Or are you going to trade for veteran experience to lead the few young people that you keep? Because we know Tom Thibodeau, he can coach a, a good enough team if he has the right players. So I, I, I'm, I think the Knicks aren't inevitable for D-Mitch to go to. But they're creeping to the top of the list for sure. Yeah, bro. But this is the thing about the Knicks, bro, because it just depends on the trade and who gets traded because you just signed Jalen Brunson. So that's a nice starting point guard. And now I'm hearing that R.J. Barrett could be in the talks to get traded to the Jazz. I don't know if the Knicks want to trade him. That's your best player that you have right now. So I don't think they want to trade him. But if they have to trade him, they probably would to get somebody like a Donovan Mitchell, even though you have more defensive upside. But the thing about this trade is Donovan Mitchell, does he want to go to an organization or go to a team where he will be in the same position that he was with the Jazz? Middle of the fucking Eastern Conference, middle to bottom of the Eastern Conference. Even if you keep R.J. Barrett, you still more so lower of the totem pole type of team in the East. When you got the Bucks, you got the Celtics, you got the Sixers getting better. I'm assuming the Heat finna get one of these players coming up. It's like you got some people that you got to really compete with. Even if you get Donovan Mitchell, you still don't have enough. So what Donovan Mitchell want to go to the Knicks? I know he has ties to New York. I know his dad works in New York, I know he's from New York, but is that enough to really get him there when you know you're still going to be in the same position where you're not winning at the same level that you want to be? Mm. It depends on how he tries to look at it. Like you said, is this going to be like a going home, getting a play for my home city type of vibe you're looking for? Or are you looking to absolutely win as soon as possible? That's the question D. Mitch has to answer for himself. 
if he's just on some, I'm going to go home and play for the hometown and try to make it work and try to win, then we can see D. Mitch in the Knicks uniform. But if he's like, no, nah, I'm trying to go to the best destination to get to the chip, it ain't going to be the Knicks. And this is the, this is another thing about Donovan Mitchell that I don't know. I don't know, bro. I don't know if it works with the Knicks because I see the Knicks perspective of if you get Donovan Mitchell, other stars will want to come with him. But I feel like we've heard that story before with the Knicks where the last year y'all were like a fourth seed and y'all were looking good. Y'all were thinking people was going to flock to the team, want to get traded there, and nobody came. Y'all ended up uh, signing Julius Randle, and y'all haven't been getting the development from the young guys like y'all expected. So even if you get a Donovan Mitchell, do you still get the pieces around him necessary to make the Knicks a formidable or a top contending team in the Eastern Conference? I think Donovan Mitchell is good enough to be a number one or a 1B on a championship team, but I don't know if the Knicks are capable of surrounding him with the necessary pieces to get him to that point. And that's the one I more so question about this fit. I think it could happen because they have the assets for sure to get it done, but just the fit and will they round out this team to make it a formidable team or a top contending team in the Eastern Conference is something I really question. So, it, it's just hard, yeah. like you said, because they, they don't have any big names that are voluntarily trying to go there. And, and that's the thing. That's the whole purpose of free agency. Go to where you want to go and sign to who you want to sign to. And nobody is doing that with the Knicks right now. Hell, the Milwaukee market skyrocketed because Giannis said, this is where I'm going to play. This is where I'm going to win a chip. They win a chip, and now Milwaukee has damn near more attractability than, than New York, funny enough, you know. So it's going to it's gonna take for a star like D. Mitch. Like D. Mitch wants to play in Utah, so it, it can't be him. But it's going to take another star to really say, I want to go to New York to have that trickle effect on other stars. If the Knicks just yeah. have to keep forcing their – vets to come to play for the Knicks, then it's, it's going to be hard to get anybody to want to come there and try and build a culture there. But I'll tell y'all this, the Knicks have come a long way because a few weeks ago I was, I was hearing Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks and I was like, I don't really think it happens, but getting closer and actually hearing that the jazz are willing to part with Donovan Mitchell. It's like, damn, hearing what the, the Knicks could have to offer, hearing that they're willing to give up RJ Barrett. Because that's the real name for me, bro. If they're willing to give up R.J. Barrett and picks, I'm making that trade in a heartbeat if I'm the Jazz. If they're yep. not trading R.J. Barrett, I would hesitate if I was the Jazz. Even though you can get a boatload of picks, I would still hesitate because of the players that you will be getting back in return. The Grimes, the Hobie Toppins, they really aren't fully developed. I would probably look at a deal like Miami's. You get improving players like the the Duncan Robinsons, and you get Tyler Hero, six man of the year, one of the best 22-year-olds in the league. So if you're not getting R.J. Barrett, I would more so look around the league to actually see who you can get for Donovan Mitchell. And I really think Miami, Miami has to hit on one of these, bro. I'm a Miami yeah. fan, so obviously I want them to hit. But if they don't hit on this when Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant are available, bro, you niggas are looking ass out and Kyrie available. If you niggas we, don't hit on we got a better, these, we got a better out. chance with D. Mitch than KD. I, I think what the Nets want from the Heat, 
they're they're asking too much. Like they're they're talking about because <laughs> well, they're not asking for too much. KD wants too much to play with Miami. KD wants to go to Miami, and Miami did not have to damn near trade anybody, and that's not mm-hmm. happening. So yeah. I don't think we're gonna get KD just because KD KD wants too much for Miami to keep. But I think we have a huge possibility to get Donovan Mitchell, Kyrie, the whole Lakers, Kyrie wanting to play with LeBron thing. That's going to be the biggest landing spot probably for him. And. And that's the point I wanted to bring up to about Miami of I would honestly get out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes to put everything I can in Donovan Mitchell. I would want Donovan Mitchell right now because he's on the Bam Adebayo timeline and he's on the Jimmy Butler timeline. He works with the contending teams in the East. You're going to be up there with the Celtics and with the Bucks. You have another score. What you need on this team, he's just like the perfect piece. Kevin Durant, obviously one of the greatest scorers, the greatest scorer to me to ever touch a basketball, but he's 34 years old. You got to gut your entire team to get him. That's a lot that comes with Kevin Durant. I'm hearing that you got to trade Bam to get KD. It's like, all right, bro, get out of that sweepstakes and let's get D Mitch right now if it's possible. Even though the Knicks can give you a good offer, put everything that you can into Donovan Mitchell because I think that's the person that, that can really boost you up in the Eastern Conference, bro. I think that's the move, bro. Miami has to hit on one of these, and D. Mitch is there. You got to swing for the fences. You got to swing for the fences, bro. So it's going to be a tricky situation for Miami, bro. Very tricky. But this is the one thing I'll I'll say, and I I mentioned it earlier about the Kevin Durant. With everybody not wanting to give up their best asset, like you know the Suns don't want to give up Devin Booker. You know the Heat don't want to give up Bam. You know the Raptors don't want to give up Scotty Barnes the asking price is going to get lower and lower. So that right. means that these teams like the Suns, the Raptors, and the, the Heat have more of an opportunity to get into this type of bidding war because now a Tyler Hero could be more acceptable because Gary Trent will most likely be the main asking price for Toronto or OG Ananobi or maybe Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. So maybe a Duncan Robinson and a Tyler Hero are comparable and it's something that the Nets could want. If that's what it comes to with the asking price getting lower for the Nets. But I don't know. It's just got to see how it shake out. But I feel like everything is an option at this moment for all of these players. Nothing is really getting imminent or getting close right now. So I don't know what happens. But I feel like this D-Mitch to the Knicks, that shit is getting close. And it feels inevitable. It, it is. Like I said, the Knicks creeping to the top of the list. But we'll we'll see. Hopefully Pat put everything into him, bro. Because I, I want D-Mitch in Miami. Like, I, I love KD, bro. I would love KD in a jersey. But if we got to give up Bam to get that nigga, it's like, all right, bro. Just give me D-Mitch so we can have the, <laughs> the whole entire big three and I can have most of my team here and we rocking out to the, the finals, you feel me? But we're going to see how it goes. And moving on to the NBA Summer League. Summer League has been pretty intriguing for the first few days. I know Paolo Bencaro has been the number one player that I've been seeing recently. And this is what I want to say about Paolo before you you dive into the Summer League. Paolo is going to make Orlando a box office attraction moving forward, bro. He's going to be that Mm. level of player in the NBA where you want to see the Orlando Magic play games, bro. We haven't seen that since 2012. We haven't seen that in a decade, (laughs) 
but he will be that player that we want to see again. It's like, okay, he's a certified superstar in this league, and we're going to see it sooner rather than later. And we're seeing all of the aspects in his game that made him the number one pick. We're seeing the passing, the rebounding, even the defensive flashes from him, and we already knew that he could score the basketball. We're seeing everything that made him the number one pick, but it's also going to make him a superstar in this league, I feel like, in the next couple of years. And it's going to make Orlando a box office attraction if they continue to build around him. A big if because it's Orlando. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what will happen with that front office, but they hit. They definitely hit with that number one pick in Paolo Bancaro. So that he's the he's the... He's the he's the fence. He's the totem pole right now. They just have to re- reach off with the branches and with the and all that shit with the tree. But I'm really excited with that. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be up to Orlando's front office to really build around him. And that's the thing. Orlando has hit in the few, in the past few years on draft picks. It's just there's no development. There's no building. There's no culture setting. Paolo Bancaro could be that player to your point, to really make people say, are the Orlando Magic back? The Orlando Magic only have, like, really been relevant two times, <laughs> like, in their history, for real. That's what mm-hmm. Shaq and Penny, and then, like, a decade and a half later, Dwight Howard and Rashard Lewis and them boys. Two times in their existence of a franchise. This could be that third time with Paolo Bancaro if they decide to um really build around him. But some of my... Um, Favorite players I've seen throughout summer league. I got a couple of players who were drafted last year, first round, and I got a couple of rookies. Paolo Bancaro, like you just said, for this year's draft um, of rookies. Benedict Matherin, bro, when the when he's on the floor for the Pacers, bro, they just look so much smoother, bro. And he's almost 20 points in the two or three games that they're playing. So he's getting a bucket and he's shooting consistently too. It ain't like he only got like 10 or eight shots like he's shooting like 13 to 15 times a game and he's shooting I want to say damn near 48 50 percent so Benedict Matherin is a rookie that I'm really liking now that I'm seeing right now and Trey Murphy and Quentin Grimes I think Quentin Grimes is gonna make a jump for the Knicks in this next season because he he just looked amazing so far he's one of the top 10 I think in points per game right now in the summer league so Quentin Grimes, Trey Murphy, Paolo Bancaro, and Benedict Matherin are the uh, last year picks and this year picks that I've been paying the most attention to. And also got to talk about Chet because that nigga truly looks like a unicorn, bro. He's going to be what we thought Porzingis was going to be. He's going to be that Mm -hmm. to the fact where he can do everything. Because when Porzingis, even when he was with the Knicks, he wasn't at the top of the key, you know what I'm saying, dribbling the rock and all that type of shit. He was really in the post shooting threes. You know what I'm saying? Regular big man shit that we see in the NBA. But what we see Chat doing at 7 when he dribbling the rock, getting past niggas, getting past guards, getting to the rim. He's shooting the three. I'm seeing him with Dirk fadeaways. He still has to put on weight because it was a couple of games where they put a real center against him, and he was getting bodied on defense. So that's going to be his one big improvement. But skill-wise, that man is truly going to be a unicorn in this league, bro. Block shots, uh, scoring the basketball, he's going to be it. And with that young OKC team, you got Josh Giddy, you got Shea Gilgis, you have uh, Alexi, you have Chet Holmgren, and you got Jalen Williams. Even Jalen Williams has been playing well in summer league. So this team that they're building with OKC, it's going to be good. Sam Presti is doing it again, y'all. 
He's building another good-ass team that will probably be like the Russell Westbrook, KD, James Harden. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm calling it early with that because he's building another team like that. And the thing with Chet, I've been hearing a few people say it's going to be hard for him to gain weight. Like, if he – because if he can't gain 20 pounds, I think, within the next two, three years, like, you you got a problem on your hands when it comes to the big bodies that he's going to go up against, like Joel and B and Giannis yeah. and whatnot. But it depends on how his metabolism is because I, I think I heard Cowherd um, – I think it was today. He was saying, would you consider benching him for some game so he's not just running off everything he eats and everything he puts in his body – because what it like I said, what if you two, three years in and it's like he only gained like five to ten pounds and he's still a pencil? Like I think that would be a concern you have. This is the thing, bro. I don't think I don't think Chet has to truly worry about the weight. That's obviously his biggest weakness. But with mm-hmm. this style of NBA, who really gets pounded in the paint for real? Yeah, you got the MBs, you got the the Jokic's, but I don't think he will be playing against those type of players. I think it will be games he plays the five, but I think when he plays against those bigs like Embiid and Jokic, he will be playing the four because he can play the four too. Mm-hmm. And he'll just be the stretch four where he doesn't have to pound with those big players in the post. That's how they will utilize him moving forward. And I think that's how you get the best production out of him where he's not getting his bones cracked every time he's running with Embiid and all that shit. I think that's how they utilize him. They're going to probably get a, a real center to go against those big players where he doesn't have to get pounded like that. And he he tough too. So that's one thing you can say. It's like no matter how skinny he is, Chet got that dog in him, bro. He be chirping at other players. You can knock him down. He getting up talking shit and he going right back at you on the next play. So Chet definitely has that spirit that you look for in a player his size of not getting pushed around no matter how skinny he is. So I, I love the dog that um Chet plays with. So Yeah. And another player that has been impressing me, bro, is Moses Moody from Oh Golden yeah. State. For sure. He's going to be huge for that team next season. Obviously losing uh Gary Payton Jr., losing Damian Lee. That means Moses Moody is moving up the depth chart. And he's going to be getting serious minutes for this team next year, especially when you don't know if Iguodala is going to come back or if he's going to retire. You lost Juan Toscano Anderson. So like I said before, he's moving up the depth chart, and I think he will be huge for them. I'm seeing him put up 30-point games with the against the Warriors. Even Matt right. McClunk had been putting up some nice games too, but I think Moses Moody is going to be the player for Golden State who really starts to impress. I know a lot of people were looking at Jonathan Kaminga to be the player to really take that next step for the Warriors next year. But I think it's going to be Moody who is the the rookie that we look at or the second-year player that we look at to take the biggest jump for the Warriors next season. I, and I don't know if it'll a lot be of people bigger than Kaminga, but it, it'll, be, think, it'll, be a, it'll be a race. I'll say it'll be a race for sure. I think it will be Moody. And a lot of people are forgetting – Somebody coming back for the Warriors, bro. Wiseman coming back for the Warriors, too. They yeah. want a chip, and they truly didn't have a shot-blocking center on their team. Yeah, Looney was blocking shots, but he's not athletic. He's not somebody oh, like yeah. a Wiseman who's Looney all over the court blocking the court. <laughs> Yeah, like he's not an athletic center. They're going to get an athletic center who's a two-seven-footer who has skill, who can shoot the basketball back. Like, the Warriors are going to be dangerous once again. And this is with no free agents. This is just like building from within 
and they're still going to be good as hell next year. Like, that shit is ridiculous, bro. That shit is ridiculous. So, and that's why I wanted to move on to another topic with the Summer League. Like, what are some teams you are looking forward to with some of the, the players that you've seen in Summer League? Uh, the Warriors, like we just said, uh, I think the Grizzlies are going to be fun to watch again. Uh, I don't think I've – have I seen any – well, I've probably seen the Hawks play, but I don't know if I paid attention to the Hawks at all. Uh, so I don't have too many – I don't have too many – Um, I don't have too many uh, team assumptions from Summer League, really just looking at individual players, but teams that I just – am looking forward to are the Grizzlies. I'm looking forward to the Hawks of uh, the Pelicans, just because of the, the if question mark over Zion, is he going to be what we're finally expecting to see for a whole season or, you know, is it going to go the other way? So the Pelicans are another team that I'm looking at too. So, yeah. Number one team I'm looking for. I already talked about them. It's the magic. I'm looking for the magic now, bro. I'm telling you, Paulo is going to be that good that you have to check for the magic now. Second, I'm going to be checking for the Rockets, bro, because they're starting to become an intriguing team. Do I think they win games this year? I think they still struggle to win games, but they have a lot of intriguing pieces. Bringing in somebody like a tie tie to play the point. You got Jalen Green. You got Jabari Smith. You already had Singoon from last season. We're seeing a nice little mixture from the Rockets. And you got Josh Christopher in Summer League going crazy. Like, he can really play and be your six-man of the year type of candidate for this team. The Rockets have a lot of young pieces. Like I said, they're not going to win games, but they're going to be your, what they used to say, the league pass team to watch. Where it ain't nobody yeah. playing, but just like, damn. Let me go ahead and see what the Rockets looking like. And they're going to be an exciting up and down team that you have to continue to check for, bro. I think right. Jabari is going to be good. It has to take time for him. He's been struggling a little bit in summer league. His defense has been good. But I think when we get to the regular season, this team will really be an exciting team that you have to watch. And the Hornets, once again, the Hornets continue to draft exciting players. I don't know if it's the players that they should be drafting, but they always draft the exciting players that I'm always intrigued to watch. James Booknight from last year, they end up drafting Bryce McGowans, who's looking like a bucket in Summer League, another player that I'm excited to watch. I don't know if he gets minutes because Booknight didn't get minutes last year. I don't know if McGowans gets minutes this year, but I'm excited to see these young players really develop in Charlotte, especially with my boy getting uh, Miles Bridges. You don't know what his situation going to be like. Yeah. That opens up a lot of minutes for those young guys to really step in and make some, some key contributions. So, Another person, another team that I'm really looking for. Anything else? Nah. And one more name to talk about for Summer League, Jaden Hardy. I think I talked about him when we talked about the NBA draft. He ended up slipping to the second round, going to the Dallas Mavericks. I think that was yep. a huge mistake. I think he should have been a top 10 pick. I think he was a top 10 talent. And he's been showing that he can be a true scorer in this league off the bat. That's one thing that you know that you're going to get from him. And that's something that I'm excited to see with Dallas, with Luka, with them just using, losing Jalen Brunson. They're going to need a secondary playmaker and a secondary scorer beside him. And I think somebody like a, a Jaden Hardy can be that. And I'm excited to be what I'm excited to see what he can be. He really reminds me of Cam Thomas. And that's another person who's snapping in some league, Cam Thomas. I think yeah, he's going Cam to have a big Thomas. year. He he the leading scorer, I think, right now. Yeah, he is the leading scorer because he's been snapping, bro. So he Cam Thomas, like, but I think Jaden Hardy is just like him. <laughs> yeah. 
he was doing that in the regular season too. Like when they'll let him like actually play long periods of time, he was getting buckets, but it was just the other end. Nigga don't play no defense. I was about to say, like, he, he he doesn't have that good of a plus minus right now. They getting scored on at least four to six points whenever he on the floor. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's the thing. But, man, it's a lot of exciting young talent. Every year we're getting some new talent that continues to come in, continues to excite. So I'm definitely excited for the NBA regular season with these young teams, man. But let's move forward to some NFL news. Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. So the former Cleveland Brown quarterback was traded last week to the Panthers for a fifth round pick. I want to say a conditional fifth round pick. So Edgar, how do you feel about this move? Is this a good fit for Baker? I think it is. Um, The only question I have is who's going to win the starting position because Sam Darnold has been there. But Baker is the better talent. And I, I think that's what it is. I think it's going to be more so of Sam Darnold's job to lose than Baker's job to come in and win. Sam Darnold has been with the OC longer. He's been with the team longer, obviously, and has built chemistry. And he knows the playbook. Baker Mayfield, like, it's July, bro. It's mid-July. And the season starts soon. So Baker got to learn a whole new playbook. He has to get in touch with these new players. He's got to get in touch with the OC. Baker is going to have to really rely on his talent more so to win this starting job. And Sam Darnold just has to not be terrible for the next month or so of trying to impress the coach and the team. So that's my only concern with it. But I think Baker can thrive in Carolina if he wins the starting job. Even if he doesn't win the starting job, whenever he has to come in and save the day, he's going to prove that he could be the quarterback for this team, at least for some bridge years before they decide to draft somebody else. I don't think it would be a competition. I think Baker Mayfield clearly wins this job. Did we not see Sam Darnold last year? He had a whole year in Carolina and looked like some hot ass. That nigga had the first few games and was looking solid and looked trash for the rest of the season. I'm not going for all that all that bullshit that the media trying to spew about a QB competition. Baker is clearly the better quarterback to this point. I know Baker had a terrible year last year, but let's not forget about his first couple of years when my man was getting him to the playoffs, actually producing for that team. It's funny how y'all forget about that in a year. He's going to thrive in Carolina. He got weapons, and I think it's less pressure on him because now he's not viewed as the number one pick and the savior of the Cleveland Browns. He's viewed as somebody who's on the loader of the totem pole of quarterbacks but can step in and really can produce now if you have the weapons around him. With Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, Robbie Anderson, you have weapons that can get you, you know what I'm saying, can get the the the, the chains moving if you're the Carolina Panthers. Baker just got to give him the ball. Sam Darnold had these same weapons last year and did nothing with him. I think Baker's time is to shine right now. He has to get a starting quarterback position. I, I think the reason why be a QB competition, because like I, like I said, Baker is clearly the better quarterback, but I think there's going to be a competition just off of the fact that the Panthers have not stated that he is going to be the starter. Like if Baker Mayfield was automatically going to be the starter, I think they're going to say passed. that. Yeah, they're going to say we, we, we should have had some that. information by now, though. That, that's all. But they're not going to say that regardless, bro. Whether they want to, even though, even if they believe that he's going to be the starter by the, the, the regular season, they're not going to say he's the starter because it just takes away from Sam Darnold, who you're paying $18 million to. It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to act like everybody has a chance. But who's going to be starting on week one against Cleveland? 
I bet money is goddamn Baker Mayfield, especially when he playing Cleveland. That's a win where you can goddamn check that shit off. Baker gonna come motivated to play that motherfucking game. So I think Baker gonna be the starter on week one, bro. But to your point, they're paying Sam Darnold 18 M's. It's like mm, we, we paying this they dude. Did, we might they just the traded for a fifth round pick for that's, Baker Mayfield. They don't give a damn about Sam Darnold ass. They're trying to trade true. him, but don't nobody want his trash ass. That's true. So that's 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 the only reason why he's still in Carolina. Don't nobody want him. So Carolina just got to eat the money. It's, they but they have the to move to a better quarterback. They have to move to a better quarterback. So and, I and think that's Baker I, Mayfield. I, I think thrives. they're gonna draft. I think Carolina's gonna try and draft a quarterback regardless of if Baker is a starter or a Sam. They already the drafted. The, yeah. The the goal is to get your franchise guy, and I don't think Baker is a franchise guy at this point for real i can't see him being that for any team in the nfl he's just gonna be that really he's gonna be a step above nick Foles. whatever team baker goes on he's gonna elevate but it ain't gonna be to the point where it's his team anymore i don't think that time for baker is here anymore yeah and you see they just drafted uh matt corral in like the third round but i think i agree with your point of because both of these quarterbacks money is going to be off the books so Mayfield is going to be a free agent in the summer. Darner going to be a free agent in the summer. So you can have both of these quarterbacks off the books. And if you have another high draft pick, you definitely drafting a, a quarterback, especially with this draft class having way better quarterbacks with Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Right. So you're definitely going to pick one of those quarterbacks if you have the chance for sure. So yeah, Carolina can still be in the quarterback market, but I think Baker will be the quarterback on week one. And I think he does well, bro. I think he gets this team to 500 Maybe gets them a little over 500. Not high expectations, but he, he gets this team doing something better than last season where they're severely underperformed with one of the best defenses in the league. But, uh, yeah, anything else on Baker Mayfield? Uh, no, nah, I, I think we're going to sweep him. <laughs> I think the Bucs still going to oh, sweep probably. him no matter who the quarterback is. <laughs> yeah, that shit didn't matter anyway. But uh, <laughs> moving forward to social media wants to know. So this has been a huge question in the Twitter sphere over the past couple of weeks with Stranger Things Volume 2 dropping the last two episodes, everybody being uh, in that type of mania and hysteria. Could Lovecraft Country have been bigger than Stranger Things? This has really been a big question because we've seen that Lovecraft Country, what type of show it was. It was similar to Stranger Things, but way more black and way like set in like Jim Crow times. But it was something that was really starting to catch flames and it just wasn't renewed. And now people are saying that, damn, Lovecraft could have been bigger than this. Da, da, da. I, oh, I totally agree. I feel like at least with black people, for sure, Hold we would have viewed Lovecraft. Hold on. Hold on. Have you watched Stranger Things? No, but I can tell you right now, it would have oh, been accepted nah, way nah, bigger. Nah, you can't comment on this shit, bro, if you ain't watch it's Stranger okay. Things, bro. It's you okay. can't comment on this if you ain't watch Stranger Things. I can tell I you, you right watch now. Things. I can tell you right now. It would have been better at than least, Stranger Things? At least from a black people perspective, yes, we would have preferred Lovecraft Country way before Stranger Things. Especially what we got with the information of what season two was going to be. Oh, yeah. They would have blew Stranger Things out the water, bro. They would have blew Stranger Things out of the water. Do you black people taking over the right now, bro? Black people taking over the country with right magic, and white people ain't ready. Shit. Oh yeah, we would have. We would have shook the Do whole. Do you understand what you're saying right now, bro. bro? 
We would have shook. You saying that Lovecraft would have been bigger than Stranger Things? That's how you know you ain't watched Stranger Things, bro, because you don't understand the hysteria behind this shit, bro. It's like Snowfall. You haven't felt. I never watched the original Power, but I could tell you Snowfall better than that shit. Like, no, you cannot. You cannot say that, bro, because you haven't seen Power. So you just going on what you've seen. You obviously going to pick what you've seen. You haven't seen Power, so you can't go. What if I seen thing? Snowfall and said power probably better? Then niggas would be like, oh, okay, you know what she's talking about. Like, no. Oh, <laughs> bro. Oh, bro. That's why I was like, damn, I forgot you didn't watch Stranger Things. Damn. But no, nah, I, I um, I fully believe that Lovecraft, I don't know. It wouldn't have been bigger than Stranger Things. I don't think so, man. Stranger Things is a worldwide, everybody, every race fucks with the show where Lovecraft country was more so rooted or targeted for black people and i think that's that's just by itself made this show way bigger than anything especially when you talk about kids the horror involved with it and everything that stranger things entails and they keep you engaged throughout every season as well and we're about to get a season five with stranger things i don't think lovecraft could have topped that yeah lovecraft maybe could have had a season two but Lovecraft didn't set themselves up for multiple seasons. They really set themselves up for one because they had Tick dying in the end. When you killed Tick, you really killed the show. So you really couldn't move on after that. Even if you had a season two, it wouldn't have been on the level as Stranger Things, bro. Stranger Things is on a different level. When we talk about the biggest show on Netflix, that's Stranger Things. I don't think Lovecraft would have came close to that no matter how many oh, seasons no, they bro. had. That's why I said for the black community, I feel like black people specifically would have viewed Lovecraft over Stranger Things. But everybody from a like move not movie from a show perspective, Stranger Things would win the argument. But I think just when it comes to black people, we would have put Lovecraft over Stranger Things. If they would have had multiple seasons and we would have got to see everything that they were trying to do, we would have put Lovecraft over that. But I, this is what I'll say, because I we talk about it all the time with shows not knowing when to end. I think Lovecraft did a fantastic thing of ending the show before I feel like they were going to make a mistake by renewing it. I know I wanted a season two when we were reviewing it, but I'm glad they ended the show how they did because I ended up re-watching the show and I fuck with it even more with the way it ended and we didn't get anything else after that. Because I just don't understand how everything would have worked after in a season two with Tick dying. And with the main villain, Christina, she ended up dying too. So it's like, we're going to get a whole different group of people while I was hearing. It was going to be something completely different from season one. It's like, nah, we want to keep with the same uh, crew and y'all killed off everybody. So it's like, it would have already been different. It wouldn't have had that same, same power and theme. You. You could have still had Letty, Montrose, D. You could have still had the the main protagonist group. That one, the quarter, bro. Tick was the tick was the thing. Tick, he was the man. Tick was the core. But we see how D. She was set up. I think D was set up to be the next main protagonist with the metal arm and everything. How she was kind of the person in the future that Tick met and everything. Mm. D was the next person. So I think they would have been fine with the protagonist that they still had left. And with the way they played with the afterlife and stuff, we definitely could have got another Tick cameo of him being dead and stuff like that and 
like somebody having to visit him in a dream or whatever. We could have got the same thing that he did with his mother and whatnot. We could have got that with Tick in season two and, and beyond. I just think, I honestly think the show just got canceled because it was going to get way too black, way blacker than what everybody was expecting. And the show was gaining traction on top of that. So I, I think that was the reason why. I don't think it was because they ended it at the right time. I think they ended it because they like, oh, hold on. They finna do way too much now. Ah, oh, bro. Like I said, that's why I had to rewatch to actually think about like why it was ended. It's like, yeah, we can blame the, the companies and the white folks for bringing it down. But I think the show really was supposed to be one season and that's it. And that would have been a show that like Walking Dead, like Walking Dead has been going on for years. And it's just like, y'all lost y'all luster after season one, bro. It's like, y'all should have ended there. And we would have been cool, wrap that season up. And we understand everything what Walking Dead entails. But y'all continue to go. Now y'all don't have y'all same type of fan base. Y'all don't lost it for real. But I think Lovecraft did a good thing by ending it. They killed off their man character. So you really can't move on without him. You can move on without Tick. But it wouldn't have been the same without Tick. So I don't think you had that same type of retraction with the fans like you would have wanted. So like I said, I think Lovecraft did a good thing while stopping the show right when it's supposed to be uh, stopped. Because so many shows go over what they're supposed to do. But that just stopped that one season was fantastic. So still shout out to Lovecraft. Still love that show. But I think Stranger Things is just on a different level, bro, of like worldwide hysteria, bro. And yeah, it, it looked like it. I, I really got to get into it. Now that we done with trash ass Miss Marvel, I could really probably just start <laughs> binge watching Stranger Things now. Facts, facts. You definitely got to get I'm into it. I'm probably going to have to do it by myself because Denisha's scary. She ain't finna watch none of that. So, <laughs> yeah, she can watch Stranger Things. Goddamn. She ain't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bro. Uh, moving on to entertainment and current events. First thing I want to talk about was Elon Musk tries to back out of Twitter deal. So we talked about it a couple of months ago that Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter and that he was going to be the complete sole owner of it. He was going to buy it for like $44 billion. But over the past couple of weeks, it has transpired that he doesn't like what's going on over at Twitter. They're not letting him gain full control like he thought he was uh, signing his name on the dotted line for. So now he's trying to back out of the deal. And now he's talking shit about Twitter. But Twitter is not letting him back out of the deal because I guess it was some type of verbal agreement between the two parties that was legally binding. So he might have to go through with buying Twitter, even though he doesn't want to at this point, <laughs> which is a whole funny ass situation, bro. I don't even know what this man, this conversation too rich for me. Damn. Facts, bro. He got to buy something that's $44 billion and he doesn't want it. <laughs> he still will be rich as hell. <laughs> I was about to say, he still ain't like he really taking that big of a dip. I mean, nobody rich ever wants to take a dip in their money, but it's just not a dip he wants to take right now. But I don't, I don't see the problem with just continuing to go through with the deal. Like, just take the deal, do whatever you're trying to do to merge whatever tesla stuff you got going on with twitter because that's what you were predicting he was going to find a way to merge tesla with uh twitter somehow or create but i think that's why he's upset social. with them now because they're not letting him get the control like he was mm, ah, okay. i guess was negotiated about that's why he's trying to back out and that's why he's claiming that he was told some 
false statements by Twitter and their execs about what he was getting into. And I guess he's trying to say that I'm not getting the control that I want. But Twitter, like, hey, you done already verbally agreed to it and you already said that you're going to buy it. So you can't back out now. So obviously, yeah. Twitter is a static platform. They're not growing at all. They've just honestly stayed the same over the years. So yeah. they want somebody to take this shit off their hands because it's obviously not going up. So they're, they're going to make him go through with this deal and he's not going to get what he wants out of it. But that's one thing I never understood. Twitter is probably the most, well, it's TikTok now, but Twitter is like the most popular um, social media, excluding, excluding TikTok. So I don't understand how they haven't really been generating any revenue. Maybe it's because the advertisements aren't as big as Facebook and Instagram, but that's a good thing at the same time because Facebook has gotten to where you see an ad every other swipe up and Instagram, they they try to integrate the whole shopping aspect and they got advertisements and they Instagram has a bot issue that I don't think will ever get fixed. But, um, but Twitter... I understand where they aren't generating as much revenue, but I don't at the same time because y'all get more and more users every day. People continue to talk about how it's the best and least um least freedom of speech infiltrating social media there is. Like you can literally say and post damn near whatever you want on Twitter and there's no Mark Zuckerberg to kick you off for 30 days or anything yeah. like that. So I, I mm -hmm. just don't understand it, but I think Elon Musk... He he has a point, you know, if he can't have the control that he was, quote unquote, promised, then I can understand him wanting to back out. But if Twitter say, hey, you agreed to it, you got to take it, bro. Everyone <laughs> said, hey, he wanted to buy it. Remember, that was a whole ruckus a couple of months ago. Now he trying it to back was. out the deal. No, nah, go ahead and get Twitter, my boy. Go ahead and get Twitter. Go ahead and get that shit off the execs' hands. You feel me? They, they know what they're doing with that because he was trying to make it like a, a very much freedom of speech uh, app. He was trying to get Donald Trump back on Twitter. He was trying to renew his um, account and all that. And I, now I think Musk and Trump got beef or some type of beef going on, which was weird because he was trying to get Trump back on Twitter. I didn't look too deep into what that situation is, but apparently they have beef now. But yeah, Elon Musk uh, has to still go through with this Twitter deal, which is just funny as hell to me after everything that went down. Um, and moving on, we got Biden protects abortion. Yeah. So uh, President Biden came out, uh, I want to say four or five days ago, and he made a major move last Friday to protect the access to reproductive health care in the United States. As previously promised, he signed an executive order protecting access to abortion access to contraception, access to accurate information on reproductive health care, and access to emergency care relating to reproductive health. And uh, I think it's great just because of the whole situation with Roe versus Wade and the way they're really trying to just ban abortions at this point. This is the first executive order I think Biden has signed, <laughs> I think, since being in office. And that was the thing a lot of us were questioning. Trump was signing executive orders for whatever the hell he wanted out the ass. So the fact that I, I'm not saying it's good that it took him this long, but at least with a serious situation like the, the whole abortion situation, it made Biden say, I got to put my foot down with something. And uh, just so what the, does this entail? What does this law entail? It well, like it, like I said, it 
it um it what's it called it protects access to abortion, including medication abortion. So and that's in every state. What, whatever states haven't already what you call it um mm, pat passed yeah. the law saying mm-hmm. yeah banned it basically. So okay. So everybody is cool at this point, except for like Georgia, because I think Georgia ended up banning abortions. Um, and I think a, it's one more state ended up banning. It. Yeah, it was another. Yeah, it was a couple more states. So everybody else is good now with the for abortion. for now with the executive order. Yeah, for now, I'm not sure how long it it'll stand, but as of right now. So, and that's my question: like, how long will it stand? Because <laughs> it if they get the Congress involved, can the Congress end up like overruling that executive order to say, no, we're going to fully go through with uh, the abortions in every other state or in every state or something like that? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a interesting. I, I didn't read that deep. I didn't read that deep into yeah. the article. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, next topic I have is Brittany Griner pleads guilty in Russia. So... It was reported last week that Brittany Griner pleads guilty to Russian drug charges, but denies that she intended to break the law. So it says U.S. basketball player Griner pleaded guilty in a Russian court to drug charges that could see her face 10 years. But it was multiple sources that said that she had to plead guilty to be able to get transferred to the U.S., for or any other charges that she did over in Russia. That was the only way. Like, she couldn't plead not guilty and get transferred over to the U.S. She was basically forced to plead guilty to what she did to get transferred over. I'm hearing that it's a possibility of she is getting swapped with a, another Russian inmate who's other who's in the U.S. and they want him back in Russia, so they could be swapping inmates in that type of, in that type of deal. It's currently being mulled over right now. Earlier last week, she even wrote a letter to the president and multiple people have been uh, following suit in her behalf, trying to talk uh, to the president to really get Brittany Griner back to the States. But this is something that did happen last week. She pleaded guilty, but this was honestly a step to progress, hopefully getting her back over here. Yeah, and we see LeBron James come out uh, on the on the episode of The Shop saying, how he feel like Brittany Griner is probably thinking, why would I even want to go back to America? Cause I'm writing a letter to the president. Like I'm asking everybody for help and I'm still stuck here after being over here for over a hundred plus days. And he came out recently and apologized, you know, trying not trying to talk negatively about the United States, but just saying what she could possibly be thinking. But I understand why she pleaded guilty. And I, mm, I don't even know if I fully want to say I understand her saying she didn't bring weed with intent because it's like, you know, you can't even do that in the United States. You can't even go to certain states in your own country with weed going through the airport. So what made you think you can go to a whole other country, one of the countries we have beef with on top of that and and do the same thing? So. It was just a situation where I think she was just careless. I don't think she had any ill intent with having the weed, but to sit here and say she didn't have any intent to use it or anything at all, it's like, well, why did you have it then? So that's my only thing. I want her home as soon as possible, but people have to understand at the same time, y'all, Russia is not the United States. Like, that's a whole different country with a whole different person in charge with a whole different set of rules. 
like it's it's free game over there as far as they concerned they treat their prisoners and whoever they arrest how they treat them and we can only do so much to try and get that person back it ain't no guarantee that biden just gonna say today and get her back you know what i'm saying so it's it's a it's a conflicting situation yeah I hope she ain't over there like Hopper was in Stranger Things, where she got a damn mind the coal and all that other shit. Cause they made the Russia seem like that's all they do in jail. So you don't know what what type of jail. Oh yeah, they, they too, turn, what type of shit she got to do. They turn bit rocks to little rocks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, she could be over there doing some wild shit over there in jail. So yeah, we got to get her back, bro. They probably put her that slave treatment for sure. And moving forward to the next topic, we got. New York residents gun policy access. Yes, so New York residents applying for guns will now have to grant access to all social media. New York is trying a brand new approach to screen applicants seeking gun permits, and it all comes down to social media. Underneath the new law, New York residents applying to carry concealed handguns will be required to provide a list of all of their social media accounts for a review of their character and conduct. Officially taking effect in September, the new requirement was part of new law passed earlier this month to preserve limits on firearms following the Supreme Court ruling that most people have a right to carry a handgun for personal protection. So I think it's like over the last three years or so, they're going to look in all of your social media accounts to kind of i guess judge your content and character <laughs> yeah. well hey well at this point i can't even be mad with all the the shootings that have been going on all the senseless killings all the racially motivated killings i think this is a step in the right direction is it cool to have people just look at all your social medias no but if this is going to help save future lives from reckless and mentally ill people then I say do whatever it takes at this point. If you if you want to carry around a handgun or if you want to be able to carry around whatever type of gun you can legally get your hands on, you got to be willing to show your character and conduct. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people show themselves on social media too, what type of person they are or what type of person they're trying to be. So it's definitely a lot of tales on that aspect. But I think it's going to get to a point where we got to start having psychiatric treatment possibly on people who want to get guns bro before we get oh, put yeah. these guns in the hands of you know what i'm saying people who you really do not know like is a background check enough is looking at social media enough we might have to still push it forward to like we have to get you psychiatrically treated or psychiatrically checked to make sure you're stable enough to have a gun in your possession and not doing do anything reckless with it i think we're going to get to that point very soon i know a lot of republicans and even some Democrats could have a problem with that, but to ensure the safety of Americans, bro, at this point, we got to do anything. So if you got to go through some psychiatric screening, fuck it, nigga, we got to do it. I don't even think social media going to be enough. And I think more states are going to start implementing laws like that to make sure the shit is safe and we don't have big problems like we had in Texas and Buffalo. Shit, I say the main thing, one of the main things, they need to stop letting people buy AR-15s. Like, what are you buying automatic weapons for, bro? Like, it's, it's just certain guns that shouldn't be bought for civilians. Like, you shouldn't be able to buy a same caliber of gun that you need in Iraq. Like, wh what the hell are you buying that for? Like, mm -hmm. it's not to protect your home. It's not to protect yourself or your loved ones. You just have it just... 
just in case the world go crazy one day. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like it's just people. I don't know, bro. It's just it's a weird situation. Yeah, man, it's a sticky situation with these guns. I'm at least I'm happy that something is being done. I know that Biden signed some sort of law last year saying that if you're under 18 or if you're 18, that you have to get some sort of background check. So I'm glad that they're starting to at least have some sort of movement uh, or some type of sort of bills or laws become passed. Now we're seeing something to uh, counteract what's happening, but I don't know if it'll be enough, bro, because damn, they're, they're still happening to this day. And it's still worrisome, mm-hmm. so I don't know. But moving forward to Pass the Ox, man. What you got for Song of the Week? Uh, I got In a Minute by Lil Baby. Damn, I ain't listening to Lil Baby ass in a minute. I got, man, I got Young Thug, bro. Dropping jewels, bro. Young Thug, Young Thug. Shout out to my man. Definitely in that pen, selling that time. But yeah, yeah. That, that that song, it was on, it was on Punk, too. I was sleep on that album. I started. I listened to that album again recently. It was way more good songs on that album than I, I originally. Yeah, did. my first one or two listens, I'm like, I ain't feeling it. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely way more good songs. So definitely dropping jewels by by Young Thug. And another thing that happened with that YSL situation, I heard that Gunna is he's was denied bond like twice or yep. something recently that he can't get out of jail so i remember talking about that ysl situation saying that gunner he really didn't do anything they're just saying that he's affiliated with the gang but he's still been denied bail twice over the past few months so imagine what's happening with young thug right now in his situation because we're not going to see gunner until the earliest 2023 but Gunner, like I said, was just affiliated. Thug was actually in the midst of everything. He's the one who started the quote-unquote gang. So I don't know when the next time we're going to see Thug for real if Gunner is getting denied bond like this. It's a worrisome situation if he was affiliated with YSL for sure. Yeah. That shit crazy. Definitely crazy. Hey, but but you see you see the love they still got through everybody. You got Drake still screaming wide, free YSL, putting in his videos Little baby saying the same shit free YSL. So it's a lot of people who got their own back and supporting them right now. Big name people, not just the fans. So uh I don't never like to say free people who I know were doing illegal things. But um, <laughs> but it it does hurt. It does hurt at the same time to know that people we love listening to are are in these type of situations. So I, I pray for the best situation for them, but I ain't never going to be the type of person to be like free so-and-so when I know so-and-so is killing people and, and robbing people. <laughs> Niggas are menace to society out here. We say free. I'm like, let's slow down. Here. Let's slow down. But yeah, man. Let's move forward with the uh, movie and show reviews. Actually, I have some news. The Duffer Brothers, who are the creators of Stranger Things, will be making a live-action Death Note remake. So we see in a Death Note remake a few years ago. It might have been longer than a few years ago. It was the one with Lakeith Stanfield in there. It was about the mm. Death Note book uh, made off yeah. of the, based off the anime. And a lot of people yeah. hated the remake that Lakeith Stanfield I never was seen the remake. I never saw the oh, remake. Oh, you never seen it? I seen nah. the remake. I never seen the anime, but I seen the remake. And I thought it was pretty mm. solid, but niggas hated that shit. But apparently the Duffer Brothers will be making another live action Death Note. And with their track record and how much respect they have in the game, they're probably the two most creative, you know what I'm saying, people in this space at this moment. 
this is going to get a lot of buzz, you know what I'm saying, from a lot of people uh, in tune with anime it's, or in tune with Death Note. So it's going to be huge. It's hard to it's hard to make a live action anime movie, bro. It really is. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard as hell to do that, bro. Because the characters, they're not going to look the same. They're not going to feel the same. And I think that's what a lot of people were arguing about, like, in the in the first remake with with Lakeith, they was like, "Oh, the because what's the what's the main character name? The nigga that he white got a white face, black hair." I know who you're talking about, up. but I I never really watched Death Note like that. I know who you're talking about. I don't about, forgot though. what that nigga. I don't forgot his name. That nigga always ate apples and shit. But yeah, whoever he was, they said that he didn't look like the comics. He was supposed to look way scarier. Like, what you expect this nigga to look like a spinning image <laughs> of a damn anime, my nigga? Like. You gotta just ain't gonna lie. with, it live with the way with the way CGI is, bro. They could they can make shit shake a lot better than what they do. Like they really could. Oh, I, I don't know. I I've been somebody... ruined. I've been ruined by the Dragon Ball Evolution movie. I will never trust a live action anime <laughs> movie ever again. Dragon Ball Evolution, one of the worst movies ever made in the history of film. I will never trust it. That shit crazy, bro. But yeah. But somebody was saying the other day talking about CGI and visual or virtual effects. You would be surprised how repetitive some of these creators in the virtual effects room and CGI rooms really are when you think of like the Stranger Things villains, when you think of the Pacific Rims or like a lot of those alien, like something is coming to get you type of movies. A lot of these villains or these monsters look the same. So I don't know if these people are as creative as we're making them out to be because everything is becoming so repetitive. So can we get a, a legit spinning image of the dude from Death Note in this shit when a lot of these people aren't as creative and aren't trying to put the time in like they're usually that they used to be back in the day? Well, even back in the day, they used a lot of the same animation with things, especially back in the day, because a lot of stuff was hand drawn. Like, but that's I my point. That's what made the, shit so different. Yeah. That's true. But to now it's more like the, the same thing you're seeing. When it was like 10 different movies, like 10 different Disney movies, all the characters were doing literally the same exact movements and the same exact actions, but they were playing them side by side of each other. And I'm like, what the hell? And I've, I, I was seeing through the comments, people were like, yeah, because back then you had to literally hand write every single movement and every single scene so disney just reused a lot of those for other characters mm -hmm. and other movies and shows but it, it's different now but i think they're still running into the same problem because it's difficult to make cgi for weird ass looking characters so <laughs> the, <laughs> the imagination and the the way the man hours it probably takes to sit at a screen and really do that like, you probably do reuse a lot of that stuff just because it's like, hey, bro, this is like a one-in-a-lifetime make that we just did. <laughs> like, we're, we yeah. can tweak it a little bit and make it something else, but to make a whole different thing where we could just reuse this template, I, I, I much rather redo the template than make a whole nother image. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see it because, like I said, I, I actually, I, I think I like the first Death Note when I seen it, so... I'm interested to see what the Duffer Brothers do with it. Could be way more scarier, way more bloodshed for sure. And moving on to movie and show reviews. What we got coming up? 
Yes, so we uh just recorded for Thor Love and Thunder. We um just did the season finale for Miss Marvel. So movies that we have not done yet, we gotta do everything everywhere all at once. We have to do Spiderhead, and we have to give y'all our Avatar one review before the end of the year. So that way um we can prepare for Avatar two. Yep. And yeah, bro, you can hit it with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One. You can follow us on Instagram at QANDE Podcast. You can like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube at QANDE Podcast. And our Gmail is QANDE Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, and you can subscribe to the QE Podcast page. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And definitely subscribe to the YouTube, the QE Podcast, QANDE Podcast. And uh, check out the QE Media page, which is QANDEMedia.com. Our uh, Instagram is QANDEMedia, and our Twitter is QE Media. And we appreciate you guys for listening and watching. And we out. Peace.